Welcome to the Prophecy Club, and yes, I'm back from Malaysia, and yes, I do already have a whole broadcast made on what happened, and I am planning to get that on the air, but the problem is, is there's too many things happening right now for me to talk much about Malaysia. I'm talking about things in the news that relate to Bible prophecy. You see, when we understand Bible prophecy, when we know what the prophets have said, we see things much deeper. We understand the whys because we already know where it is going. Now, today is that this broadcast is going to be aired is D-Day. Okay, This is the day that basically America with England and the other allies whipped Germany. At least this was the major part of it. And I'm not trying to go into being a historian about it, but I need to bring you D-Day in light of Bible prophecy. Now, that means that I've got to talk about Bible prophecy, But and, and I know that every time I get on Bible prophecy, the views on YouTube drop, and that's sad because you need to understand things in light of Bible prophecy, and those things today are the events of D-Day. This is real, real important. So I'm going to start with a question, and then we're going to go into some background in Bible prophecy, because if you want to understand what's going on with D-Day, if you want to understand what's going on today in the current events, you have to understand Bible prophecy, or you only see it from the same point of view that the news is telling you. You can't read between the lines. You can't understand where it's going. You only understand where it is. You don't have the complete picture of the final page of what's coming. So... I'm going to start with a question, and then I'm going to answer that question. The question is, what if D-Day had failed? What if the D-Day invasion of Normandy and all of the other beaches, how they stormed the beaches, what if they had failed? What if the whole world had failed to defeat Germany? Where would we be today? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Well, Bible prophecy will tell you that question, because it tells you where the devil is ultimately headed, where God is allowed him to go. So, back to the question. What if the D-Day invasion had failed? What if Germany had won World War II? Where would we be today? And the answer is, well, what was Hitler trying to do? He was trying to bring in a thousand-year Reich. Okay, what is that? He was trying to form a world government. He was trying to put himself as the leader of the world government. Now, if he had done that, what we may have seen is the beast might have been allowed to rise then. Now, we don't think so because all that shall come to me will come to me and neither can any pluck them out of my hand, meaning that everyone whose name is in the book of life that was written before the foundation of the world Everyone whose name is in that book will be saved. And right now, there's still some names that are not saved that are in that book. So, the tribulation and the beast can't come in until God allows them to come in. And they can't come in until the rest of those names that are in the book actually accept Jesus. So, it, but that doesn't stop us from having a world government. We could have had a world government. And by the way, I also might mention, it does not necessarily stop the fall of America. We'd like to think that the fall of America would immediately be the return of Jesus. That way we wouldn't have too many years of misery, but unfortunately that's probably not the way it actually happens. Probably we're talking about the fall of America 
two or three years before the beginning of the last seven years of the tribulation. So let's go back to the question, then let's go to Bible prophecy so that we can understand. So the question is, what if D-Day had failed? What if the Germans had won World War II? And the answer is, you would have world government. We would have been in world government for probably the last 75 years. Now, how do I say that? Let's go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. I've got to do a little teaching on Bible prophecy. If you understand this, you understand where they're going. If you don't understand this, then you are blind, just as blind as the news commentators that are bringing you the news. All they do is bring you the news. They can't bring you the news in light of Bible prophecy. So what I'm going to bring to you is actually very, very important. Okay, so we'll start Daniel 2.31. I'm going to skip all the superfluous stuff, and I'm going to get right to the point here. Essentially, the king had a dream. Daniel told him the dream and told him the interpretation. So I'll get right to it. Here's the dream. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible or frightening. This image's head was of fine gold that represented Nebuchadnezzar his breast and arms of silver, and that represented the Medes and the Persians. In other words, the arms of silver, one of the Medes, one of the Persians. His belly and thighs of brass, that represented the Grecian Empire. His legs of iron, that represented the Roman Empire. His feet, part of iron and part of clay. Now that represents the last world government. I'll explain. Thou sawest till a stone, who's the stone that the builders rejected? That would be Jesus. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image on its feet that were iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Meaning, in the days when they set up a world government, where they have divided the seven continents into ten global regions, in those days, Jesus will return and set up a final kingdom. I'll read that to you in the scriptures here in just a second. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, meaning that when Jesus returns, he destroys all of the other kingdoms, completely destroys them all, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, meaning all of the former kingdoms are all destroyed in one day on the day of trumpets. If you get my book, you understand what I'm talking about. The chaff of the summer threshing floor and the wind carried them away. Here it is. This is important. And no place was found for them, meaning that no one survives the atonement and the trumpets. No one survives those the great white throne and the judgment seat of Christ, whose name is not in the book of life. There was no place found for them. They're not allowed to live. Now, the nations are allowed to live. I mean, I'll show you that here in just a second in Scripture, too. But it's only for a thousand years, and they do not get eternal life. They do not get their name in the book of life. And the stone, that's Jesus, that smote the image, that's the world government, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. What is that mountain? Well, that is when Jesus arises to shake the earth terribly. Every valley is filled in. Every mountain falls. The rough places are made smooth. The crooked places are made straight. And there is a nice, round, smooth earth, except there is one mountain and only one mountain. On top of that mountain is the golden city made of pure gold. That's what he's talking about there. Now let's jump to Daniel's interpretation. And I'm going to skip the first three kingdoms because they don't count. We're not interested in them anymore. We want to know about the world government. And the fourth kingdom, that's the world government. 
shall be strong as iron, meaning that it comes out of the revived Roman Empire, mainly what we call today the EU or the European Economic Community. Strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise, meaning that the world government is going to be primarily set up and based out of Europe, not America. Why? Because America has been destroyed by then. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes part of potter's clay, we believe the potter's clay is referring to the Muslims, and part of iron is referring to what we call the EU today. The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, or the EU, or the Western Gentiles, basically. For as much as thou sawest the iron, that's the EU, mixed with miry clay, that's the Muslims. And, of course, we do know over the last 10 years or so, the Western Gentile nations of Europe have allowed all kinds of Muslims into their nation. It's called open borders, and that's the reason they're mixed together now. And as the toes of the feet, now how many toes are there? There's 10 toes. That signifies that they divide the seven continents into 10 global uh, regions. And the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of the Western Gentile nations, and part of clay with the Muslims mixed together in them, so that the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest the iron, again the EU, mixed with the Muslims, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, meaning that the Muslims don't work well with the Western Gentile people. It just doesn't work well. Well, no surprise. We see them still shooting each other up over there. And in the days, now this is the point, this is the reason I've read all of these scriptures so far, just to get to this point. In the days of these kings, meaning that when they have set up a world government, that is the seven continents of the earth, divided into ten global nations, that's when Jesus returns, and not until. And in the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, Now, this is very important. This is talking about the nations. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. One of my very dearest friends and one of our biggest supporters and I have a disagreement about Bible prophecy. He said to me, Stan, I cannot believe that a loving God would destroy those people that survived the tribulation. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I said, the nations are destroyed upon their first sin or at the end of the 1,000 years. And I quoted this verse to him, still didn't convince him, by the way. But nevertheless, we love each other, but we still agree to disagree. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, meaning that those people that survived the trumpets, that survived the burning of the tares, though they were tares, those people do not get eternal life, meaning If they did not receive the mark of the beast, they do not get perdition. That is eternal torment with the false prophet, the beast, and Satan himself. If they did not receive Jesus, then they don't get eternal life. So they're kind of stuck in the middle. They didn't take the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either. So those are the nations that are allowed to live for up to 1,000 years or upon their first sin. That's the reason it says he will rule them with a rod of iron. If there is one of God's laws broken... Immediately, a morning star judge shows up at the speed of thought. 
hits them with the morning star, which is the light sword, turning them into a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. I cover all of this in my book. Now, Revelation 17, we're still talking about world government. You want to understand D-Day? You better understand world government. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Now, the beast here is what a lot of people commonly call the Antichrist. I like calling him the beast, though there are two beasts. There is the political beast we refer to as the Antichrist. There is the religious beast that we refer to as the false prophet. But this one is talking about the Antichrist. This is talking about the political beast. The beast that thou sawest was, meaning in 96 AD when John was given this vision, the beast that thou sawest was at that time once alive and is not now alive in 96 AD but shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. So where does the beast come from? He comes from the bottomless pit. What's in the bottomless pit? Departed souls. And I believe, and I show in my book, that the beast is going to be a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar. That's a story for another day. Get the book. It'll explain it. That shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and goeth into perdition. Perdition is eternal torment, you do not get soul death if you go into perdition. It is in the la- the bottomless pit, the lake of fire and brim- brimstone, with the beast, the false prophet, and Satan himself, and you do not get soul death. If you take the mark of the beast, you never get soul death. You never die. You are tormented with the beast forever and ever and ever. Now, the other people whose names are not in the book of life, they're tossed into the lake of fire, but they get the benefit of soul death. They don't burn eternally. Let's go on. Whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when the behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Meaning, when you see the beast, that's what it's saying, and go into perdition, they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder. They're going to be amazed. They're going to be mesmerized. They're going to be shocked. They're going to be stunned. When they see this beast, if their name is not in the book of life, if they've not already accepted Jesus, if they've not already come to the knowledge of the truth, they will believe the lie and be damned. That's the reason he's sending the beast, is to make people make a decision. Either you receive the beast, or you receive Jesus. That's what he's trying to get everybody to do, and most everyone makes one of those two decisions. Then we'll skip down to verse 12. And the ten horns. Now we're talking about the world government again. We were talking about the beast or the antichrist. Now we're talking about the world government. And the ten horns... That means the seven continents divided into ten global regions, which thou sawest are ten kings. Each global region has a ruler. That's the ten kings, which received no kingdom as yet, meaning in 96 AD, when John was given this vision, they had not received a kingdom. They don't receive a kingdom, but they receive power as kings one hour or one seven-year period with the beast. These, now I read all of that to say this, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast, meaning that these ten global regions will hand over all of their power, their strength, their authority, all of their nuclear weapons, all of their military, all of their religion, all of their, all of their, all of their, all of their gold, their silver, their everything. They will give it all to this guy because he will be the most handsome man and the best talking man that has ever been on the face of the earth. Yes, he will be more handsome than Jesus, because the Bible says Jesus was a comely man. In other words, he's not handsome, but this guy, he is going to be the best looking, the best talking man they've ever seen, and if they see him, they hear him, they are sunk. Verse 14, 
These shall make war with the Lamb, that's Jesus, and the Lamb shall overcome them, that's on the trumpets, that's the day of the Lord, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that were with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now, back to world government. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, that's the uh, Catholic Church, and again, I'm not beating up on the Catholics, I've explained that, we'll go on. And shall make her desolate and naked, shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. I'm not going to get into that. Too complicated. Get off subject. For God had put in their hearts to fulfill his will, here it is, and to agree and to give the kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Meaning that the entire world gives all of their everything, all of their decision-making power, their wealth, their military, everything to this God the beast. Now, let's jump to Revelation 13, because that's the point of this broadcast, world government. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. This is the point. And that no man might buy or sell. No man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, yesterday I read a couple articles. I'm going to reread those articles, but I just got another article, a third article. This is all happening underneath our noses, and it seems like the watchmen have not caught up on it. Maybe I'm the only one talking about this. I don't know. I don't follow other ministries, but I'm going to bet that I'm probably one of the first ones. Here's the headline. It says, Bahamas Central Bank enters agreement to deliver first national digital currency by 2020. There's two things you got to hear in there. A national digital currency. Why does it have to be digital? Why not gold and silver? Because you can't send gold and silver through the satellite system, up to the satellite, down to the satellite. You cannot send paper currency up to the satellite, down through the satellite. But you can send digital currency by satellites, by the internet. Because, again, no man will be able to buy or sell unless they are part of the system. In order to be part of the system, you have to have the mark, you see. That's the way they're going to track and monitor every purchase on the globe. The second thing I want you to see is it says, by 2020. Now let me read the article. The Central Bank of the Bahamas will enter into an official agreement for the development of a digital fiat currency system on May 30th, 2019, to build and implement a Project Sand Dollar, the first digital currency in the Bahamas. Now, brothers and sisters, this is not just the Bahamas setting this up. It's just that this just happens to be an article that reached the news system. Almost every nation on the earth not only is... They have already set it up. The digital currency system is in place. I'm going to say it's in place. It's not all hooked up yet. Not all the satellites are in place. But it is within a year or two away, which means probably the tribulation is a year or two away. Probably the mark of the beast. Probably the beast himself being in the world is probably only a year away. That's what it's saying. All right, let's go on. The Bohemian Central Bank first announced NZIA as its key collaborator for the project in early 2019, along with a Singapore-based software development firm called Zanesis. The, quote, Project Sand Dollar initiative will be an integrated affordable electronic payment system. Let me read that again. An integrated 
affordable electronic payment system for all businesses and residences. In other words, the system so that no man might buy or sell unless they are part of that system, that system is almost totally set up. My guess is you haven't heard hardly anybody talk about it. You didn't hear about this on Fox News. No, because it's happening kind of quietly, kind of in the background, sort of under our noses, and most people aren't even seeing it. Why? Because they don't know Bible prophecy. Let's go on. The project will comply with local financial regulations and aims to provide equal access to digital, hear that word, digital payments, for the residents of the island country, reducing cash transactions, hear that, reducing cash transactions, and service delivery costs as previously reported. While the CBOB has not announced the first selected islands to pilot the project, Bank Governor reportedly claimed that the institution expects to fully, listen to this, adopt the project for the family islands by 2020. The CBOB first revealed plans to introduce its own government-backed digital currency back in 2018. They've been working on this couple of years. Earlier today, the president of Germany's central bank, Deutsche Bank, warned central banks about the potential risk of introducing digital currencies. The official said that the adoption of digital money could potentially destabilize the financial system during periods of crisis, as well as could, quote, fundamentally change the business model of banks, even in a good economic environment. Now, there's more. I read this in the broadcast yesterday, but we got to read it again. SpaceX launches 60 satellites for Elon Musk's Starlink Internet Constellation System. SpaceX has begun its build-out of the ambitious Starlink Internet Constellation, a series of interconnected satellites designed, oh, listen to this, to deliver high-speed Internet to paying customers around the globe. They just put up 60 of them. Now, let's get to the point here. They're actually planning to eventually have as many as 12,000 satellites and, quote, Starlink is expected to go online in mid-2020. Brothers and sisters, that's about 12 months. In other words, in the next 12 months, the satellites will be in place. The digital currency for all 198 nations will be in place. In other words, brothers and sisters, if they wanted to start requiring people to take a mark or whatever the requirement might be to be a part of their financial system, they could start doing it as soon as mid-2020, or maybe even sooner. Next article, read this yesterday too. Headline, Currency Reset Buzz as Indonesia Shuts All Banks, Pawn Shops Down for Nine Days, while Malaysia Calls for International Gold-Backed Currency. People with real-world intelligence contacts are all buzzing with the feeling that something big is coming down financially. Quote, my gut feeling is that we are very close to the end of the U.S. corporation. That's the all-capital United States of America corporation. I can say this, he says, as what is happening here in the region is connected, there is change in the air. The corrupt governments are being exposed and will either step down or be removed by, quote, the people, as how a CIA source in Asia described the mood. 
Many apparently disconnected events all point to this. Now, what's he saying? He's saying that the now the number is up to 100,935 sealed indictments. Those arrests, what he's saying here indirectly, are about to take place. Now, it is my suspicion that those two things are actually linked, which is why I read the articles. In other words, these mass arrests are all going to be associated with a new financial system, all going to be associated with a digital currency, all going to be associated with a world government that no man might buy or sell. They will all have one mind and give their power and strength unto the beast, the world government, that seven continents divided into ten global regions. If you can grab what I'm saying today, brothers and sisters, this is big. This is huge, I'm telling you. In the world of Bible prophecy, what I'm just telling you is some of the most important information I have been able to tell in the 40 years I've been studying prophecy, 25 years I've been doing a radio program on it, 37 DVDs and a book. I'm telling you this is really, really, really big important. And there's some big soul-winning opportunities about to come up, which is why I suggest if you don't already have my book, that you get my book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you, and in case you've not heard the story on it, here's what happened. A couple of years ago, I began to memorize Revelation. Frankly, I didn't even think I'd be able to really memorize the whole thing. I didn't even start at verse 1. I started at verse 8 because the first seven verses look too complicated to memorize. But what happened was as I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. We're talking about information from the throne of God. Matter of fact, I got 30 revelations and two visions and one audible voice. The audible voice, I'll go ahead and tell you what that said. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days, unquote. I heard an audible voice tell me that. Now, of course, I had it backed up with Scripture, and I do explain that in the book. But what I was shown is a single word found in Leviticus links through time to the same single word in the book of Revelation. And that single word is first fruits. When you understand that word, all of a sudden the seven feasts given to Moses are actually a pattern a pattern that plays out the last seven months of the world, starting with first fruits and ending and concluding with tabernacles. Those seven feasts are a pattern. They portray the way the prophecies of Revelation lay out for the first time. And so far, no one has been able to defeat me on this. I don't think anybody on planet Earth has been given the information in this book. Now, I'm not saying I'm something special. I'm saying it's the last days. I'm saying that God has given this extra information to the world because we are in the last days, because the tribulation seven years is about to start. The beast is about to be released into the world. And brothers and sisters, you had better start knowing Bible prophecy. And I might also add, there's a bunch of knuckleheads out there. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm trying to offend anybody, but there's a bunch of knuckleheads out there teaching some Bible prophecy that they must have their eyes crossed. They must have their ears tied together. But I do not know <laughs> how in the world they come up with some of the harebrained, the craziest, the weirdest, where did you get that understanding of Bible prophecy? So I'm just saying 
I'm called of God to teach Bible prophecy. You read my book, and I don't think you'll have a question about that. And I don't think you know anything that is in my book. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just trying to tell you, you get this book, and you'll be really, really glad you got it. One for 20, five for 30, 10, 50, 55. One book for 20, but don't do that. You want to get five for 30. That way it gives you four books to just give away. Best deal is 10 for 55, and then really kind of a church deal is you get a whole case of them. That's 60 books for a gift of $250. That way, the whole church can just spread them around. you got other books to hand around to other people. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, 60 for $250. You get it at prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. The secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 25, for 30, 10, for 55, case of 60, for a gift of $250. Get the book, read it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. In that you know the Internet is going away one day, it is a good idea to actually have the disc. However, at WatchProphecyClub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. What a deal.